You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody. This is Matt Breckwald, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Show. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. Well, you know what? This month we are going to be talking all about agricultural heritage, and we're going to have two episodes devoted to youth organizations doing just this, one episode featuring the FFA and one featuring the 4-H, and today is the FFA, the Future Farmers of America, and we've got three great guests coming on the show for you today. We're going to lead off with the CEO of National FFA, Mark Peschel, and he's going to be talking all about what FFA is there for, what they do, and how they try and support youth in agriculture around our nation. And then two very special guests. We will have on Sadie Longhurst, the newly elected Idaho State President, as well as Andrew Gamerkin, the newly elected State President for the Oregon FFA. Hope you enjoy getting to know all of these great people and these two outstanding young men and women, both representing their great states through the FFA. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for inviting me, Matt. Hey, I'm delighted to speak with you. You know, I've had the pleasure of meeting you and and getting to know you a little bit and uh, knowing just how well the FFA is represented there in your office there in Indianapolis. And I'm excited to share that story with everybody out here in Idaho and Oregon. So you're ready to jump in? I am. Thanks for that. We got a lot of great people that are very dedicated at FFA. So Uh, As you know, more than one person, but let's jump into this. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start off like this. How long have you been involved with the FFA? When did you first come in contact with this organization? I was a freshman in high school in a little town in eastern Nebraska called Mead, Nebraska, and that's when I was first exposed to FFA and then worked my way through my FFA experience uh, in in Mead and eventually uh, became state FFA president in Nebraska but then did what a lot of people do, you know, finished college, started my uh, uh, career, got married, started my family and, and tended to drift away from FFA until uh, I was in my 40s. And then uh, kind of rediscovered the organization, got reinvolved, did some judging, helped my company get more engaged in, in FFA sponsorship. And then a year and a half ago, I had the tremendous opportunity to uh, come on board as the CEO of National FFA. And that is great. So what compelled you to leave private industry and then come over and be the chief executive officer of FFA? Well, I I would say that that certainly there were uh, circumstances where I'd been in agribusiness, primarily in the animal nutrition business for 33 years. And I'd spent about half my career working overseas, lived overseas for a period of time. And, uh, you know, traveling back and forth from the United States to far-flung parts of the world, one, wears on a person. But secondly, I had spent a, a great deal of time in my career working to, to find and attract talent to our company. And when the FFA role came available, it was very apparent to me that I could have an opportunity to help develop young talent uh, through the work that we're doing at FFA and with ag education. And so it was just too compelling not to take a hard look at. And I was very fortunate to have been selected by the board for this position. You know, that's great. And it's a really interesting point that you've brought up. And I do quite a bit of of interviewing uh, with people in the FFA and about the FFA. And one thing that I've kind of noticed, and I'll I'll ask you if, if you can verify this, is that 
Having the FFA on a resume seems to be a more and more powerful thing to have on there all the time. It is. And in fact, Matt, we're finding that companies are including within their applications, the applications themselves, whether or not individuals were FFA members or not, because they find that those individuals uh, are better employees. They get to work on time. They are more apt to follow rules, including safety rules. They just overall exhibit higher levels of responsibility and leadership skills. And so uh, whether it appears on the resume or on their LinkedIn profile or on the application itself, we are finding that that is very desirable from the standpoint of employers looking at, at folks to bring on board. Now, in your in your role as the leader of National FFA, have you had the opportunity to get out here to Oregon or Idaho quite yet? You know, I have not had that opportunity yet. And uh, one of our uh, key leaders in our individual giving council on our foundation side Brian Fields lives and works in in Oregon, and I look forward to coming out and and, uh, uh, meeting with Brian and and as well with the state association at some point, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Well, that would be great to have you out here in the West and and kind of see how how we're interpreting FFA and how we're making it work out here as well. Uh, Certainly, it's a a really powerful organization all over the country, and uh, I think here where we're at as well, I mean, we see just we see students and organizations doing phenomenal things through the FFA. It's really great to see. Well, and and uh, appreciate those comments. And 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 I do think both in in Idaho and and Oregon, we're seeing tremendous growth and interest in FFA and in in ag education. The one area that I think we're also seeing building momentum is in the uh, experiential learning, or as we call it, the SAE Supervised Ag Experience Program. And uh, the types of agriculture in the West are so unique and, to me, so interesting that I think it presents a tremendous opportunity for, uh, for young people to get engaged in a wide range of ag-related careers. And so, uh, yeah, both Idaho and Oregon uh, are, are high on our list of uh, priorities. Well, Mark, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to ask even more about the FFA. Be right back, everybody. You already know that Honda makes some of the most reliable, fuel-efficient cars on the planet, but that's just as true for Honda lawnmowers. The best thing about a Honda mower is it's a Honda, which means exclusive features, like the 4-in-1 twin-blade cutting system that results in finer clippings for either bagging or, when mulching, actually feeding your lawn with important nutrients. And it also means a highly fuel-efficient engine that's easier on the environment while you're sprucing up your environment. Plus, depending on the model, Honda residential mowers come with either a three- or five-year limited warranty. Shop Honda at select D&B supply stores in eastern Oregon and southern Idaho. This spring, before you get down to dirty work, head over to D&B Supply, because this is the season for mudslinging and muckraking, and you need garden boots that stand their ground. No soggy feet here. We stock the best and the brightest garden boots and clogs in great patterns and styles from Western Chief, Muck Boots, Bogs, Noble Outfitters, and more. Get out there without getting your feet wet and pick up a pair of garden boots or clogs at your favorite DMB. All right, Mark. I know everybody's got to ask you about the name change. You know, when I was a kid, we always called it Future Farmers of America. Now we just call it the FFA. But that's got something to do with how it's kind of broadened in its scope, doesn't it? It does. And and as you know, Matt, it was 30 years ago, back in 1988, when the organization elected to begin referring to itself as the National FFA Organization. 
and and certainly in part that was because we we wanted to be able to represent ourselves to a wider range of of students and interests in the field of agriculture. We wanted to be able to demonstrate that while production agriculture was and continues to be vitally important to food, uh, fiber and fuel, uh, natural resource production in the United States, there are a whole myriad of other careers that directly relate to ag. And as you know, Matt, about one in every five jobs in the United States is directly related to agriculture. And we've identified here at FFA that there are about 255 unique jobs that are related to ag that we are able to feature on a tool we call uh, agexplorer.com. And in that, students can identify uh, various careers that they might have an interest in, but it also gives them an opportunity to identify things that they might want to explore through their supervised ag experience programs. So it has uh, changed over the years, but our focus on youth leadership development and, and creating great young people uh, has remained the same over the entire 90 years that FFA's been in business. And you know, that that's really interesting too. Agriculture, farming, ranching, there's so much heritage that comes with that. Everything from expanding across the West to foraging out new agricultural grounds and areas that had never been settled in our country and, and things like that. How does the FFA go about Uh, striking a balance between preserving that heritage and farming and ranching traditions, but balancing that with now modern agriculture and and everything that goes with that? Well, um, Matt, great question. In fact, as I'm speaking with you this morning, I'm sitting at my desk at the National FFA Center in Indianapolis, and I have my FFA jacket hanging over my desk, which is kind of our tradition here Uh uh, at National FFA. So you've got this great iconic symbol of uh, what was Future Farmers of America and is now the National FFA uh, organization that in so many ways talks about where we began, where we've come from, and, and where we're going as an organization. But as I told a group here not long ago, it also turns out that future is our first name. <laughs> and so while we have a great uh, heritage and a, and a great history to build upon, we're looking toward the future and how do we prepare students for 21st century jobs in agriculture? How do we expose our, our students to leadership and career opportunities in fields related to precision agriculture or robotics or drones or sustainability or water or soil and even consumer related fields? Because all those play a really critical role in, in feeding everyone and Matt, you and I both know that you don't go to a single meeting anymore, that you don't hear about the nine plus billion people that we need to feed by 2050. And I truly believe that this is the group of young people that will help us figure out how we're going to do that. And, you know, once you you delve into the FFA a little bit deeper, you find out that there's kind of a cooperative arrangement going on when it comes to teaching students about agriculture and everything that goes with the FFA. So the FFA kind of partners with another organization and, and group of ag teachers to make all this happen, right? We do, and and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the, uh, I think is the real unique part of FFA and agricultural education, and that is what we refer to as the three-component model. And we've alluded to it during our discussion, but it really is about classroom instruction, where we have very dedicated teachers 
uh, 13,000 teachers in the United States that are uh, in classrooms teaching agriculture and related ag fields. That ties into the leadership development component of FFA, that second circle or second component. And then those work experience programs that we were discussing is the third component where young people can take what they learn in the classroom, build on the leadership development skills that they gain through FFA, and exhibit that and practice that in real life work settings. So we, we partner with the National Association of Ag Educators in many different ways. Uh, one important way is on the National Teach Ag campaign, where we work hand in hand with them and provide uh, funding through very generous sponsors to recruit and retain teachers from around the country. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a critical component to maintaining ag ed in, in school instruction, as well as FFA. Yeah, you brought up the teachers, and, and man, they do incredible work. And I live in Cuna, Idaho, and uh, we've got a great chapter here. And we go to, they put on an auction every September, and they raise money to send students to the Washington Leadership Conference. And I watch what these ag advisors do there at CUNA High School. And just seeing that small microcosm, that one example of how hard uh, these ladies and gentlemen work uh, really demonstrates their dedication. I know they work extended contracts into the summer and they really kind of do a very unique job when it comes to education and how they do vocational, scientific, hands-on entrepreneurship, and then all these different activities all around the country. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about the teachers. And Matt, I've, I've said this on numerous occasions that FFA does not exist without classroom ag education instruction. And those teachers are, are just the linchpin uh, for that and, and for the work that we do. I do think it's significant that, that uh, we've reached a, a actually record levels of teacher retention in ag education. We have an attrition rate of uh, somewhere less than 5%, which means that we are retaining over 95% of classroom uh, ag education instructors, and, and that's better than math and science and a lot of other areas. Plus, we're seeing more young people going into teacher education programs in mm-hmm. college, and about 75% of those students coming out of those programs are actually going into the classroom. That's also a record number for us. So a lot of interest and a lot of dedicated people that, that want to reach these young people. That's great. And, and speaking of record numbers, uh, just to kind of wow, wow our listening audience, what are our numbers right now in terms of enrollment in FFA and numbers of chapters in the United States? States. We have uh, just north of 653,000 members uh, in FFA across the U.S., and that includes our membership in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, which is a record number for us. I think it's also significant, in, and when we talk about ag education, we estimate that there are about a million young people in ag education programs across the country, which I often tell folks it means that FFA has about a two-thirds market share <laughs> when it comes to those, those young people, and uh, we, are, we are taking specific steps to make sure that we can engage more and more of those students in FFA and, and get them involved. But I, I think that, that that many young people 
in an organization like ours is a pretty significant number. Yeah, that, those numbers are mind-blowing. And it's really, really phenomenal to see. I was lucky enough to come to the National Convention in Indianapolis this October and see, oh, I don't know, 10% of the 67,000 students that were there. Those numbers are just mind-blowing, but uh, really unbelievable to see the enthusiasm, the uniformity with uh, all the Blue Jackets, and then just the just the respect that all these students have for what they're doing and, and to get them all together in one location. It was great. Well, and, and I appreciate that. And you're right. We had, uh, we had over 67,000 attendees at our national convention here in Indianapolis last October. And even on top of the, of the numbers that we have, the comments that I get within the community about our students, how respectful they are, how well behaved they are, how focused they are. You see all these kids uh, in their official dress conducting themselves uh, as, as in a way that, that parents and community leaders and, and school administrators would be very, very proud of them because mm-hmm. I know I am when, when I see them. So I think that really speaks well for the work that the educators are doing in the classroom and hopefully uh, also speaks to the work that we are uh, doing here at National FFA. Well, Mark, for, for any parents listening who would like to get their children involved in FFA or maybe even get involved in the classroom or for any students listening who would like to find their way into FFA and be part of this great organization, what should they do? Well, I think one thing that a parent would want to consider is is becoming uh, knowledgeable and engaged with their local ag education program. And if there's one not available, you know, I, I think that there is, uh, we've reached a situation where there are more jobs in agriculture than there are agriculturally trained students to fill them. Mm-hmm. And I'm also aware of parents that are helping plant uh, ag education and FFA programs. But, uh, you know, where there is one existing, get involved with the, with the uh, teacher. Often parents have unique experiences that they can bring themselves to classroom instruction, or they can help mentor young people, or they can provide an opportunity for a student to have a place to have a, a, a work experience SAE program uh, at their home or business. Or they can even help in supporting fundraising efforts for local chapters. So as you say, young people can come to national convention. They can go to Washington Leadership Conference. And for those folks that are truly dedicated to supporting us, we renamed our alumni to be called alumni and supporters. So anyone with an interest in, in being engaged with young people, regardless of whether or not you were a past member, can now be part of the alumni and supporters. And so there's just many, many ways that, that parents can become engaged and support their young people, support their local communities, and support FFA. Well, great. Well, Mark, thank you so much for what you do and, and for everybody there with you at National FFA and around the country. And, and really, thank you very much for sharing this with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate your dedication to FFA and all you do to help support us as well. Everybody, we will be right back with the new Oregon State FFA president, Andrew Gamerkin. D&B knows you've got a long summer in store with work to do at home by day and rodeos to see at night. Luckily, D&B Supply carries a brand of clothing that can do it all, and that's Wrangler. Wrangler Apparel is known to feel good in the saddle, work hard on the ranch, and give you a stylish western look out on the town. 
It's versatile clothing that gets it done. For quality clothes steeped in Western heritage, round up some Wrangler for the family at your favorite D&B Supply. This is Bill's yard, and Bill's a grill master, not a grass expert. Still, he won't let weeds invade his backyard barbecue kingdom. And with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed, Bill can clear out weeds, green up his lawn, and hold his spatula high. Because Scott's Weed Grip Formula is twice as effective on dandelions as it used to be. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up Scott's Weed and Feed today. Andrew, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. I am looking forward to the conversation, and I want to start off by saying congratulations. You are the uh, brand new, newly elected state president for Oregon FFA. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, well, that's great. So when did that happen for you? So that happened uh, March 26th. Our Oregon FFA state convention is a three-day-long convention. And the elections take place on the last morning of convention. So uh, obviously you've been involved as an officer in FFA for some time and you've been able to take it to this level. I have. I've been chapter president for the past two years and also the Southern Oregon district president for the past two years. And I'm excited to serve at this capacity now. Uh, Let's do this. I'd like to kind of introduce you a little bit to the audience. How old are you? I am 17 years old. Okay. And so uh, what grade does that put you in this year? That puts me into a senior. Okay. So, so you're uh, you're in high school for just another month. I am. I graduate in June. And now when you are not at high school and you're back at home, are you on a farm? Are you in town? Are you something kind of in between? Yeah, I'm kind of in between. I live on seven acres rurally in Trail, Oregon. It's an unincorporated community. And I wasn't raised on a farm. We actually grew a small garden for a couple of years, but that's the only agricultural background that I've had. Okay. And so when I got into FFA, I started off raising swine, and that's how I got my start in agriculture. What brought you into it? What got you involved in agriculture and in the FFA? So I actually had no idea what FFA was in my middle school, but out of a stroke of luck, I would say, I put an agriculture class on my alternate list for my class schedule for my freshman year. And thankfully, all the other classes I signed up for were full. And I got into an agriculture class, and I was encouraged by our chapter officers to get into raising pigs and being actively involved in FFA. So when was that? When did that happen? So that happened my freshman year. I would say I got into raising pigs in March, directly after state convention, just through a small conversation with one of our chapter officers at dinner time. She encouraged me uh, to start raising pigs. And so I jumped full force into it. Was there a particular breed of pig that you raised or was it just the best FFA pig that you could find? So I was looking at mainly um, Hamp York crosses, but my first year I did purchase a uh, mainly York influenced hog. Jackson County Fair has an extremely competitive fair. Uh-huh. And so I was just looking at the best quality pig to bring to show. So you started out raising pigs, uh, raising hogs for the fair, uh, to go to the fair. What was that like for you trying to learn everything that kind of went into that and getting them ready and trying to produce the best quality animal to go in the show ring with? Yeah, that was a huge transformational experience for me. Before I could even get my pig, I had to build a shelter. So I had to design it myself with the help of my dad. We constructed that. And then I could jump into actually raising the hogs picking out the best feed for them and really constructing their shelter and their feed troughs and their waters in a way that would best produce them for that fair. 
Did you ever think up until that point that somebody could actually go in a pen with a pig and, and control what that pig is doing? No, my freshman year, I had no clue what I was doing with pigs until about a month before fair when my breeder kind of intervened because they saw that I was struggling and helped me show that pig um, and really learn how to train it. And so I worked diligently every single day going down there about half an hour a day to work my pig. But before that, I had no clue that I could control that pig and end up showing it. <laughs> Very cool. And, you know, it's really interesting. So you came into this without, uh, at least without an immediate family connection to agriculture in terms of farming and, and raising livestock. How has that been for you, kind of meshing what you've learned about maybe farming traditions that go with raising livestock and all of that, and with what you're learning in the FFA and, and, and kind of modern techniques? Yeah. So I believe that it's almost an advantage not having a background in agriculture being an FFA, uh, not only from the side of I get to learn so much about agriculture and it's so interesting and fresh and new to me, but also with the leadership side of FFA, it gives me a huge advantage talking to members that maybe don't have a background in agriculture and are unsure if FFA is the right place for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Learning about new techniques in agriculture is extremely exciting to me. I love learning about agricultural issues. And through my involvement in FFA, it's actually shaped me and my career goals into wanting to be into public policy and maybe public relations for agriculture. Well, you do come with a very unique perspective because uh, you didn't have that experience. Some friends kind of talked you into it. And man, it really sounds like it stuck. It really did. Yep. It stuck for all four years and now five this year serving as a state officer. Andrew, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to find out even more about how you've done this and how you've accomplished this there in Oregon. Be right back, everyone. Know how to power through your to-do list of home improvement projects with the extensive line of power tools from Steel, available at D&B Supply. From legendary chainsaws and industry-leading construction tools to powerful blowers and dependable trimmers like the FS38 grass trimmer, available at D&B for just $129.95. Steel tools are designed for reliability and built for the long haul. Get your motor running for whatever project comes your way and pick up steel power tools at your favorite D&B Supply. At D&B Supply, we believe happiness comes from the inside out, especially when it comes to our pets. So give them Hill Science Diet for many happy wags and purrs. Using only high-quality ingredients, Hill Science Diet is expertly crafted for lifelong health with formulas for every age, size, and special nutritional requirements from joint care, oral health, and weight management. It's the number one choice of vets to feed their pets. Keep your pet happy, go lucky, and pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B. Well, Andrew, now that we're back, I want to ask you about becoming an officer. So you do have this unique story where this wasn't something that was kind of predetermined for you. It's something that you you found your way into and then developed an interest and a passion for What made you want to take it to the next level and become an officer? So what made me want to take it to that next level and starting off just becoming a district officer, I ran for district office and on my application, I put on that I would want to be chapter or excuse me, district reporter. And my advisor at the time, Mr. Frost actually approached me and said, why not go big or go home and put down president? And so I was actually elected a district president my sophomore year before even becoming a chapter officer. Wow. So over the past two years of being a chapter and district officer, that's 
inspired me through my interactions with various role models and leaders to want to take that next step and run for state office. And it all worked out in the end. Now, how, I mean, district president during your sophomore year, that's pretty significant. I mean, what is it that you've got going on that got you to that point so quickly? So I would say that really what took me to that point so quickly is the people that I was surrounded with. The chapter officers at the time in my chapter were extremely supportive of me, and they wanted to make sure I was doing my best in SFA, and they inspired me to reach for greatness and take all the opportunities that I could in FFA. So I really attribute all my success to the people that I surround myself with in FFA. Now, how did this all kind of snowball and lead to you becoming the new Oregon State president? Well, I would say you would have to look at the start of that snowball my freshman year. I started off my ag class and I didn't get that involved my freshman year. I only had a handful of activities that I participated in. I didn't attend many chapter meetings, but through various interactions, in particular with our chapter reporter at the time, Myra, she encouraged me that it didn't matter that I wasn't raised on a ranch or farm and that I could be actively involved in FFA regardless of my background. And that really inspired me to take down maybe that imaginary barrier that I made in my mind and Mm -hmm. become actively involved in FFA. And so through interactions such as that one, that has been the snowball effect for me now becoming the state president of the Oregon FFA Association. Now, what does it mean to you? I mean, I know it's all fresh. You've only been the the newly elected president for, well, under a month, right out a month right now. Now you're the newly elected president state president for Oregon FFA, and you're going to go out and you're going to interact with FFA students and chapters all around the state. What does that mean to you to be able to represent your state that way? Well, that really means to me that this position is kind of a platform for inspiring members. Our team, about 15 minutes after being elected, already had our mission statement basically down, and that is see the one and be the one. So to me, that means Seeing someone in FFA who might initially feel out of place, such as I did, Mm -hmm. um, or lonely or not sure if FFA is right for them. And then the second part of that mission statement is be the one. And that is we're committed to being the one that shows them all of what this organization has to offer and the greatness that they can attain by being actively involved in it. That's a great mission statement. And really interesting, is that something that... I mean, how did you come up with that so quickly, I guess, is a better question. So directly after being elected, we were interviewed by Capitol Press. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that they asked was, uh, what inspired you to run for this position? That was the first question they asked. And every single one of us on the team came up with one person that inspired them to be actively involved in FFA. And so directly after that, one of our officers said, well, it sounds like every single one of us had one person that inspired us. Why don't we commit to being that person for members this year? So that's really how we came up with that mission statement so quickly. Very good idea. Really interesting. Okay, so you're graduating here in about a month. What is next for you? I am. So what's next for me is only serving as that state officer. In Oregon, we're pretty unique in how we run the process state officers actually have to take a gap year from college oh, to okay. serve as a state officer in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so for the next year until March, I will be serving as a state officer. 
after that, I believe my next step is to go into agricultural communications, and I'm still deciding between Oregon State University and Cornell University for that. Boy, there's a wide swath of ground between Oregon State and Cornell, but two great ag schools. Absolutely. Well, have you been out there to visit the eastern half of our United States yet and see Cornell? So I've been out to visit the eastern portion of our United States, but unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity to tour Cornell University yet. We had a graduate from Eagle Point High School two years ago who's now a sophomore at Cornell University. Mm -hmm. He inspired me to apply to the college, even though there is such a slim acceptance rate Uh for their agriculture program. And fortunately, I did get accepted. So I'll be looking at deferring admission there. So I I guess I want to ask you along those same lines, Somebody listening to this, if they want to get involved with FFA or if they want to enroll or they want to, they want to expose their kid who's going to be coming into high school to FFA, what would you recommend? How should they go about doing that? So how I would recommend doing that is really finding what you're interested in. I think FFA provides so many opportunities. It's almost like it was tailored to each individual student. And with that, it's almost overwhelming how much we have. And so I think that the first step in that is finding what you are interested in or your child is interested in, mm-hmm. um, whether it be livestock judging, whether it be being involved in floriculture, or whether it be raising an animal for fair. Really, you need to find what you're interested in first and then apply that to FFA. And taking that first step, I believe, is the most important thing. In our chapter, we have a saying where kids will get involved if they just get on the bus. So we just need to get them on those FFA trips and we need to get them exposed to the FFA community because I believe that we have the cream of the crop students in high school here. And if students are around those people, they will be inspired to get involved in FFA. So I think the first step is finding what you're interested in and then just jumping right in and getting involved in something. Yeah, really well said. What will your duties entail? So my duties will entail just serving as an FFA officer in Oregon. That means attending official functions such as dinners and giving speeches and also traveling with our team to leadership camps and on fall and winter leadership tour. In Oregon, we're composed of geographical FFA districts. And each district typically has a leadership camp where they will bring their chapter officers or FFA members in general to these camps to Mm -hmm. learn from us as state officers about what their officer position entails or just what FFA has to offer. So that's one aspect of it. And then leadership tours is where we will visit FFA chapters in Oregon and we run in pairs and we visit every FFA chapter in Oregon with those pairs. And so those are will be the two massive responsibilities for us is leadership tours, leadership camps, and then also attending official functions as a representative of Oregon FFA. Now, uh, in my region out here, I'm in I'm in southwestern Idaho, but very very close to eastern Oregon and I spend quite a bit of time in eastern Oregon, both up, you know, throughout the Eagle Caps around uh, LeGrand and Baker City in that area over yeah. the, over the Blues and the Pendleton and down around Jordan Valley and that part of those canyon lands we have down there, will you get you'll get to come out and and see this part of your state? 
Absolutely. I've actually been over to Jordan Valley quite a few times on family vacations, but yes, I will be traveling all around the state. And we actually happen to have our state reporter, Sunday Spielman, who is in Adrian, where you might be familiar with. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very familiar with Adrian. That's not too far from me at all. Very cool. So you'll get to get back over here go. and and get exposed to all the different corners of, the, of your state. That's a great opportunity, Andrew. Well, you're an impressive young man. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this all with us. And hey, congratulations, not just on becoming the new Oregon State FFA president, but also on graduation coming up here in a month. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for this opportunity. Well, everybody, we will be right back with the new Idaho FFA president, Sadie Longhurst. Good values come naturally here at DNB Supply. Take Blue Buffalo, a healthy, holistic pet food now on sale during the DNB truckload pet food sale from February 7th to the 13th. Get $5 off 15 pound bags of Blue Buffalo dry cat food and $7 off 24 pound bags of Blue Buffalo dry dog food. In addition, you'll save at least 10% on all other pet foods store wide. So get in on some great. Great values and come out to the truckload pet food sale this February at DNB. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At DNB Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. Sadie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. I, uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with you and want to say congratulations on being the newly elected president of Idaho's FFA. Great job. Thank you. I'm very humbled for the opportunity. And when you're at home, when you're not at school or, or serving as the Idaho State FFA president, are you on a farm or are you in town or something kind of in between? No. So my family are first generation farmers. My dad started farming when he was actually 17 years old. And we've run about 2,000 acres of alfalfa and wheat. Mm-hmm. And so I help out doing that on our farm and I, I really enjoy it. It's where I found my passion for agriculture as well as getting involved in FFA. How long have you been an FFA member? So I started my freshman year at Shelley, so I've been in it all four years, and we'll hopefully have a fifth year serving as the president this year. And uh, what was it like to, to be named the new president of Idaho FFA? I was honestly in shock. I couldn't believe that they had read my name. I was so excited and pumped to represent Idaho. And how long have you been serving as an officer? Were you serving as an officer in the chapter ranks as well? Yes. So actually, this last year, as I've been a senior, I was able to serve as the Shelley chapter president, as well as the South Upper Snake River District president, which encompasses nine area high schools. So did you get to go around and meet and see a lot of the different high schools and chapters in your district while you were serving in that capacity? Yes, I was actually able to go to all nine chapters and visit with them and be able to get to know each of the awesome kids that are in the district. So how does this work? Will you go to college next year or will you take a year off to serve as the president? No, I'll actually be able to go to college full time and still serve as the president. What has stood out to you? Like, What are some of your highlights of, of that time, I guess? I think just being able to interact with the members was obviously something that was really important to me and that I'll be able to do now even more as a state officer. But the second thing that was really cool to me is to be able to tell the story of ag. I think sometimes there's misconceptions and different stories that are told on 
social media that aren't true. So being able to set that straight as an FFA member and now as a state officer is something that I'm really excited about and just to be able to share not only my ag story, but Idaho ag. And during next year, will you be visiting different regions and different chapters all around the state of Idaho? Yes, we will. And so you've grown up in Idaho and you've grown up in Idaho agriculture and now you get to represent the entire state. I I would assume that's something that you probably take really seriously. Yes, very seriously. I feel very strongly on being able to do a good job as well as represent the state well. I think we have a lot to offer in agricultural aspects, so I want to be able to always be worthy of that and show what we have to offer to the whole the whole nation. Well, that's great. Yeah, very, very happy to have you in that position and, and to do that. Now, as you move forward, are you going to continue your journey in FFA throughout college? Are you going to seek an American degree or, or any uh, offices beyond being state president? I think for sure I want to get my American degree. I think being the state president, I'll have to get back to you after I serve my year if I want to go on. I know I want to be involved in Utah State's collegiate FFA program, Mm -hmm. so that's a goal of mine. If there's somebody out there listening and they're they're listening to what you've done and they'd like to find a way to innovate or kind of carve out a niche or or maybe they want to find their way into uh, the officer team or something like that, what advice would you have for them? I think just be yourself. I know that's old advice, but I think really just stay true to who you are even if it's not necessarily quote-unquote cool or popular, I've always just never been a follower. I've felt like I've been a trendsetter. I kind of just do my own thing. And I think that's how I've been able to just live not only my best life through FFA, but my life in general. And that's how I feel like I've been able to make a difference in the community around me, and which I hope to do as the state president this coming year. Well, that's great advice, Sadie, and thank you so much for representing the state of Idaho, and we wish you all the best luck uh, in your year being the Idaho State FFA president, and congratulations again. Thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.